0: Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the Gnarly Gnome, which means you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, which you already know, unless somebody is playing this for you really loud on some kind of boombox outside of your window, which everybody should do that. Um, That's what you should do with this episode. You should go to your neighbor's house with the boombox, if you still own a boombox, and play it very loudly for your neighbor so that they can... Fans of Cincy Brewcast if they're not already, that's that's what we'll do to get more listeners. <laughs> that's that's the new plan. Um, this is a really fun one. This is uh, combining a bunch of different worlds. Um, some some that I am very well versed in with with Eric Eric. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, and then some that I'm kind of familiar with. Um, Hopped Farms, That's um, right. I, we've been talking for probably the last year or so trying to put together a show, Exactly. and right. my life is pure chaos, and we haven't been able to get it until now. Yeah, thank so you here for we are. having us, man. And it just so happens that it all fell into place, that we are here at Atavola. How, how, what, is that the closest way? At, at atavola. atavola? Te- technically Atavola. Atavola. Yes. Sorry, I'm very, very, you, very. You can American. call her whatever you want. Yeah, it's... <laughs> um, Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you. very um, much. We have a uh, a whole bunch of different roads we could dive down to, uh, dive dive down into on on this episode. So we're going to try to get down as many of them as possible. But first, we got to do things the way we do them on the show, and we got to drink a beer. So From the beer fridge. Nice. This will kind of give you a hint of kind of the uh, the the way we're going to roll with things, compo. Uh, this is a, uh, a fresh hop saison. Is that right? I haven't yeah, tried we'll it call yet. It's, it fresh it's, hop yeah, saison. Fr- fresh-ish hops. When was this brewed? Let's start there. It was brewed in uh, September. So this this was fresh hops.
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh, they I'm were, sure
0: some of that has fall, fallen
2: out a little bit. but Yeah, they were picked uh, right in the field and brought straight to the brewery and put in the beer.
3: Exactly right. And I think Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Italian for field? Yes. Yeah. Essentially, which pairs very well with the whole process of this bringing this to market.
0: I hope that most of the people who listen to the show understand a little bit about the uh, the fun that that wet hops or fresh hops can can bring to beer and some of that. Especially here in Cincinnati, we've got some really great hop farms that are that are doing these really great things with breweries. I hope that you guys are at least a little bit aware of it, but um, well, it's one. If of not, the, we're going to dive into it. No, we're mm-hmm. going to
3: get we're going to get deep into the fresh hop scene here. <laughs> I hope everybody's ready for this. But no, I mean one of the coolest things about you know be, being able to have access to field that's legitimately growing just a couple of miles from these breweries is during the harvest season we can pick, we can put these things in a truck, we can literally take them down to a brewery. And there's a lot of coordination that's involved, but you can get them in these beers within hours of the time that they're pulled off the vine. Because the problem is when you pick a hop, all those oils that are in those hops, all those different oils that you need, they already start to evaporate. And you either need to get that hop dried to reserve those oils to preserve all of that inside the structure of the hop, or you put it in the beer right away and brew with it.
0: To preserve it to some extent too like that's that's the whole fun of it. once you once you dry out a hop or pelletize or whatever like that not that that's a bad way to go it's clearly the, a lot of people do that. yeah
1: that's exactly with almost
0: right. every beer that you've ever tasted but when you grab a hop off of a vine or a bind. Sorry, oh, nice sorry. Work, D- Dave by Volkman the way. would uh would smack <laughs> oh, me upside the head. Nice, <laughs> well done. Well, let me
3: let me tell people what that means. <laughs> Please do. I, I think this, that's pretty cool. We, that's we a big need to, we
0: need we need to try the beer before. Okay. We, we need yeah. to we, we need to drink something. Makes perfect. Saison. uh, Saison is kind of a uh, catch-all category, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of, um, farmhouse-ish yep. style. Is that is that a good yep. way to put it? Yeah. It was um. Do you know some of the history yeah. of the style a little bit that you can?
2: uh you know, you might know it better than me. Uh, maybe. Between maybe. Eric and I, I, think we could probably tell you a we, lot. We, uh, you know, we, we picked a farmhouse. I'm just trying to take a drink of a beer. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody else needs to talk for a second. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> well, we we all sat down, uh, Nick and Sean and I, and and rolled through some beer ideas. And a lot of people, when they think fresh hop, they, you know, because the word hops in there, they think it's going to be like your West Coast style IPA or something that hits you over the head with hops. But typically, that's not like all the flavors that you pull off of
3: fresh hops. So we They're wanted to... Earthy, right? Yeah. Like you
0: get a lot of that, like uh, that, that earthy kind of character. A lot from of them. earth,
3: a lot of grass, you know, they actually get criticized for being too grassy, but...
0: I think, Criticized by who? Give me their name. Yes, specifically. <laughs> well,
3: you know, there's a, there's a kind of a little bit of a movement out there that in, amongst some brewers that... In some of the bigger breweries across the country, that are saying that you know there may not be a difference between folks that are using the the pelletized hops in the right proportions and using the correct hops and being very specific about the chemistry of it, and then using a fresh hop to make a very similar beer. Okay, we completely disagree. You know, I mean, it, there's a big difference. Let's put it this way: if you're growing a tomato in your backyard, right? It, you go in the backyard, you pick that tomato, and you take a bite of it. I've never gotten one to get big enough that I could actually pick it and eat it. Even the small green ones. Symptomatic growing season. But you take a bite of it. That's an entirely different experience than taking that and freeze drying it and putting it on a pizza, you know, 10 to 12 months later, or even two years later. It's just an entirely different product. So when you're picking a hop fresh, it's naturally going to have some of that field note to it, some of that grassiness to it. But all of the aromatics of the hops, all of those oils that are stuck in, in those lupulin glands that are contained by those bracteoles, if you want to get specific. None of that that's the been, first time that
0: word's been on the I'll show. Throw it down <laughs> there for you.
3: But none of that ever goes away. I mean, that starts to break down in the brew for the very first time as opposed to in the processing process of it. So it's fresh. And so when you, when you drink a beer that's, had, that's been fresh hopped, Everybody looks at you exactly the same way when they take that first drink. They look at it and they say, wait a minute, what is that? Can we do this again? Like, what the heck's going on here? Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very, it's, a, it's, it's almost an ephemeral experience, you know? It's very interesting. And then when you do that same beer without the fresh hops and using the pelletized version of it, not that the beer is bad or worse, it's just an entirely different experience. Like eating that fresh tomato, the, the tomato tastes like an apple when you pull it off in your backyard. When you freeze dried, it, it's just a different thing. You have to use it in a different way.
0: What I think is fun about this beer specifically, saison, uh, farmhousey kind of kind of style. It was, from what I understand, originally brewed from people on the farms. It was given to the farm hands. Like it was just a um, kind of an easy drinking, your your yeah. workers
4: beer. You know, That's it was right. it was fresh. It was.
3: Well, sort of Earthy fresh. it was. <laughs> it was <laughs> the, the, safe. Like a, the,
4: the idea, essentially, when we all sat down and met and talked about the beer was um, to create a beer that would pair well with food. Um, like we were talking about before with hops, you can sometimes get palate records. They're great right. beers, but it doesn't necessarily pair well with food, and that was the idea, and it, it was really cool when— Sean showed up to the brewery and we're waiting for literally these fresh hops. And some of them had been picked a few days before, while others, he literally was like, oh, I just was out in the field. <laughs> cutting." These, down the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and <laughs> the difference, you know, I've just smelled pelletized hops and they're, they have a very um, strong scent, but the difference between a fresh hopped um, or a fresh pick hop. Um, from the buy, it's it was just a, it's a different experience. It was really cool when you came in and had these big buckets of all these different things that you just ground. It
0: really feels like a different product to me of a fresh hop versus a pelletized hop. And I, you know, again, I'm not not crapping on pelletized hops because no, clearly they make great beers, but there is just something so special. And, it's, and maybe part of it is that limited kind of window that you have to create that thing Maybe that's part of what makes it special to me, but um, it's it's so different than anything else that anybody can create. You can't just point at somebody and say, all right, make a beer that tastes like this. You can't do it. You no. have to have that specific product that, you know, came off of the vine at the right time and then, and then it gets in the beer. Like, it's just such a fun experience.
3: And they're so incredibly seasonal, right? I mean, right. you know, there's Deschutes does a fresh hop that's... They make enough of it that it kind of extends throughout the whole year. There's a lot of guys out in the Pacific Northwest that make all these fresh hop beers. But it's interesting, as you drink them, as the year goes on, they, they kind of become a little bit long in the tooth, you know?
0: Didn't Sierra Nevada play around with some kind of like, uh, some kind of oil or something that they were doing with hops? That, oh, yeah. Uh, there's kind of fresh there's, hop something or other.
3: Yeah, there's the concentrates that people are using now. They're actually using oil concentrates to try to reproduce that flavor that you get from the actual fresh hop before it's processed. And- Unfortunately, they, they weren't able to do it to their satisfaction. So they actually, I think they got rid of that beer. Bridget. I
0: mean, that uh, makes sense to me too. They, yeah. yeah, but I mean,
3: you know, that experimentation, that world, that space between, you know, a freshly harvest and trying to reproduce it, I, you know, you give them credit. Right, because they're trying. They're trying to do something. No, because
0: part of what makes it special is <laughs> yeah, that it's so limited. Right. That's exactly Like as right. soon as you start trying to find a way to make something limited work all the time, it changes what that is, and it becomes something completely different. Yeah. Um, Eric, wet hop beers. How much experience have you had with them in your um brewing career? I I, I don't know. Did when you were at Oscar blues were they playing around with stuff like that too. I don't know yeah. a lot about what they were doing.
2: Yeah. Um, so um, Oscar blues, we actually uh, for quite a while, we actually had a hop farm. So I was involved in planting. Yeah, they, were, they were involved a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we called it, uh, it was called hop, hops and heifers and it was, all right. it was green. you know, Dale, Dale had <laughs> a farm. Yeah. Dale had a farm in Boulder and the concept was, you know, the all the spent grain was going to the cattle. Then that was being used in the restaurants. And then, also, we started growing hops. So, you know, we had some hops from from there. You know, um, we made um, I think we made a beer called like homegrown hops or something like that, like that, <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, Big marketing meeting around that. Man. What
0: should
3: we call this? I, so they probably I had know, 10 other names and they were like, ah, it's just you homegrown.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, well, <laughs> I've got some experience. Yeah. It is Colorado. So, sure. I mean, it, it it's, it's definitely helps to be close to the source, which I think is uh, really cool about being here in Cincinnati and being able to go down the road and find a hop farmer. I mean, it, it kind of shows the evolution of, of the beer scene in Cincinnati. You know, I mean, the fact that there's actually people responding to the scene and, and people like Sean creating these hop farms, you know, because it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's very labor intensive to have a hop farm and the yields – are diminishing and you
3: know uh, i think
4: we met before you had a hop farm too at the restaurant yeah, yeah. we absolutely did
3: there's no question about it yeah. well, so that's to your point uh it nick it's the beer and the restaurant and the folks here are what brought the hops to cincinnati i mean the, it, the market drove us to put it in the well, field let's let's
0: go how did yeah. you get how did you get into this what made you decide that you know what I'm gonna grow hops.
3: <laughs> now I'm gonna to have to give some credit to uh, somebody who um, I'm afraid to just a little bit here. But <laughs> when I came, when we decided to do something, my wife came to me and she said, "Sean, you're
0: afraid to give your
4: wife credit." Yeah, is that what you're about to say? Yeah, say? I'm afraid to. Don't I'm put that on my record.
3: <laughs> I'm afraid to give her credit. But no, the only reason is because she's she's such an on, honest, humble legitimate human being she would be afraid to take it because how far it's gone since then but no she literally <laughs> she didn't know in. what she
0: was doing no she didn't know what she's getting herself into
3: <laughs> but no we were gonna we wanted to buy uh some property and we wanted to grow something and uh, originally i thought we were going to do barley because you know there's not a lot of grains in the area that that people could use i wanted to be some somewhere in the brewing space of some kind I didn't want to brew. I didn't want to have the equipment. There were people popping up everywhere. And we thought maybe we could supply these folks with something and wanted to grow barley. So we bought a little bit of property and we. I was ready to till the fields, turned it into barley. It was an old wheat farm. And she came to me and she was the one that said, have you thought about hops? And I said, are you kidding me? She's like, you talk about hops all the time, especially with these brewers. She's like, have you thought about growing them? And I said, I don't know anything about growing hops. She was like, well... Just like everything else you've done in this universe, go figure it out, because I think that might be a great market for you. And she was 100% right. So we hooked up with some people from Michigan State, from Ohio State, the Agricultural Extension Board. I met Dave Volkman, who is literally like the father of hop growing in this entire region. And all of a sudden, I found a a small subset of folks that were eager to help everybody else you know, become successful in this space. And it was crazy.
0: Much like most of the brewing center, I'll use the word most at this yeah. point. Everybody is still like really excited about other people getting into this and creating more mm-hmm. of, um, more of a thing going on around it. And I, that goes to hop growers. It goes to most people making beer in the city. Like it, it's, it's, there's still like this this excitement about other people getting into it, and I I don't know that every industry is like that. I mean, yeah, you could probably answer to the, you know, getting into the
4: most is a
1: good word to use. <laughs> there. Like,
0: yes. there's those people that are really eager about it, and then there's those people that are just complete assholes about yeah. it. But Cincinnati's
4: <laughs> a great community yeah, for <laughs> restaurants and for for breweries, I would assume so as well.
3: And and I guess for for hop growers, growers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like too. I mean, I gotta <laughs> tell you, I I haven't met a single person particularly in the agricultural side that hasn't fallen over backwards to make sure that everybody else is completely successful. I mean, there's, there's just, there's nobody that wants ill will on anyone else. And that extends to these brewers to sit down with the brewers and the restaurateurs, these folks that, you know, they're, they're already successful in their own right. And here comes this guy that's trying to put a few plants in the ground and they put their arm around you and they say, yeah, get over here, man. We're going to make some beer and here's how we're going to do it. And suddenly a few years later, I mean, you've, you've made stuff that you could never, ever think that was ever going to be possible, right?
0: Where does it go? What is the long-term idea for what you guys are doing out there?
3: Yeah, so hops are an interesting plant because we'll talk about them for a little bit here because that's what we're here it's for, right? That's what we're here for. And yeah, we'll bore everybody with the details of the agricultural side. But no, hops are an interesting plant because I don't know if everybody knows this. If you haven't seen a hop yard, they grow vertical. They grow 25 feet in the air. I mean, so, legitimately. So
0: I'll never forget. I, I live in Fairfield okay. to, to ruin some of the uh, anonymity of who I am. Um, there's <laughs> there is another. Oh, you've lost that. You are, you are, yeah. There's there's a hop farm in Fairfield. Mm. And the, the farm sits on a road that is kind of smack in between where I live and where my parents live. So we drive that road a lot. And I'll never forget those first time they were putting up those poles and running wires. And I'm like, honey. They're gonna, they're growing hops. She's like, no, they're nobody's gonna grow hops in Fairfield. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're just doing I'm like no, those are like because immediately when you see like there's no other plant that grows the same no. way that hops do. Like it's so unique, and you see it, and you immediately
3: and it's absolutely beautiful. So in the peak shout of the out season, to
0: to great mining hops too. Yeah, <laughs> out of Ohio Valley, especially like those guys. Oh yeah, I there's
3: mean, it's absolutely gorgeous because mm-hmm. they when the hop plants get fully formed and they're all the way to the top of the. The poles. Oh, I it's mean, cool. It, it literally looks like a vineyard on steroids. It's a vineyard that's ten times as high.
0: I still, I still want to do, and this is probably a good table to talk about this. I still want to do a uh, beer dinner that is in the middle of a uh, a hop field. Done. So a table yeah, set up in the middle of happen. the field with beer and food and write it down, Andrew. It's, <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. it's been written down for a very long time. It's on my list of yeah, things that,
3: to do. Easily done. <laughs> Easily done. But no, what's so cool about that crop is because it grows vertical, you don't need as many acres as you think that you would because it's not a horizontal crop. They don't lateral, you know, soybeans and corn. You have to have so much land to make it profitable. Or or barley,
0: you know. Or barley,
3: yeah, exactly. Thanks to my wife again. But (laughs) we, so growing these vertical crops, the only thing that is sort of your barrier to entry is the infrastructure because we're putting these huge telephone poles in and each hop plant, as it grows up, can be somewhere between 10 and 20 pounds of physical weight on every single plant. And when we run these rows, we've got, you know, 70 to 80 plants in a row. You can imagine, multiply that out, how much weight that is on a cable. So you have to run aircraft cable and do all your engineering to know that this thing can't collapse or you're done, right? right? Mm. And you run that across a hundred and something rows. I mean, that's a lot of weight. So to get the infrastructure out, it requires a lot of engineering. And then once they start to grow, you've got to do the do the math to get them to the top.
0: Once again, your poor wife didn't know what she was getting. She had no <laughs> idea.
3: <laughs>
0: exactly right. Kind of that's like my exactly wife. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do a podcast. That's fine. That'll be good.
3: Yeah. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> you have another one coming on the way here, don't you?
0: I do. In in, in May.
3: That's unbelievable. It's a second kid. Uh, yeah. You oh. understand that's exponential, right? It's not I... like one times two or two times it's every time you get a kid i'm hoping
0: that my first kid just manages everything she just kind of runs <laughs> runs the household and just plans everything and keeps it all you're in married check. right
3: yes yeah, how did that work for, for now married, i mean i don't know <laughs> It doesn't work that way my friend <laughs> good luck yeah. it's
0: all it, it's complete chaos everything's from complete chaos that's that's kind of what makes all of this stuff fun though. You get yes. into something, be it growing hops or making right. beer or running a restaurant or whatever it is, you get into it and you're from day one you're you're probably in over your head a little bit. And that's what a makes little. it that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And then you figure it out and then you get better at it and things improve and then you get those people and they they fall in love with what you've done and mm-hmm. That's what. That's that excitement. That's that thing that makes you go to work the next day, right? Yeah, that's exactly right.
3: <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, something interesting about this beer, I think, is being a saison. I think you you uh, alluded to it earlier. Saison obviously means season, you know, in French. So, oh yeah, it, obviously. It, it, it obviously, yeah, it means season, <laughs> the seasonal beer. And what you were saying is correct. That the folks in the field. Uh, during the season at which they weren't harvesting stuff out of the field, they had something they needed to do something. So these guys actually, in in Flanders and Belgium and France, what they did was they started brewing beer, and it kind of kept their hands, you know, working during the the time at which they weren't harvesting stuff. So they used the things in the field that they had. They went into they actually went into these areas that were caves, these colder areas, and they actually got these barrels back there, and they used wild yeasts traditionally. And put whatever the sugar content was that was from the field to try to brew beer in these areas. And that's where the seasonal beer came from or a Saison. That's why it's such a broad category is because they threw all kinds of stuff in there right. to find out what it was. And then eventually they stored it, let it hung out, and then while they were working out in the field during the actual season, they could go back in and dip into that beer that they had made. And that's where Saison comes the perfect from. Perfect scenario. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. Wish we could do that right now. <laughs> But that's and it was a a a great and to Eric's uh, credit, what a wonderful use of a fresh hop. Oh yeah, is to put it in a in a saison.
0: I I mean, I don't know that I've ever had a fresh hop saison before. Everybody
3: loves to pile
0: them into the the pale (laughs) ales, which which, yeah, again, not that that's bad. I, I enjoy that too, but like this is just such a unique use of fresh hops. How did you come up with this?
2: Where did, where did that happen? Was it all on the Carrick inside or was it? No, it's all a collaboration. Um, like Nick said, we we all kind of actually met at his house, made lunch for us. Very nice. I, I forgot <laughs> <Yeah>. about <laughs> that. Thanks, yes. yeah, we, awesome. <laughs> uh, we just kind of round tabled it, you know, and um, it's really important too as a beer producer to also listen to where your beer is being sold and how it's sold. And, you know, we were talking about what would pair well with food and, and, Again, talking about, like, the, the, the fresh hop, farm hop, Saison kind of came up. Because, like you said, too, a lot of people are going down the traditional IPA routes or pale ales. And we wanted to just showcase something different. It's, oh, sorry. No, no. So, so most of the, so talk about the food that you guys serve here.
0: I mean, it's it's a pizza place first and foremost. But there's some kind of some other stuff
4: that falls in line with that, too. Yeah, it's generally an Italian uh Trattoria style, so we do fresh pastas, um, uh, wood fire pizzas, really more traditional classic Italian dishes.
0: In my experience, and it's very limited and very, like, uh, um, -like, um, (laughs) caveman-like, it's really hard to pair beer with food that has, especially, you know, tomato sauce or some kind of tomato, you know, it's, it's hard for me to find a, a beer that goes good with him. Saison just hits perfect in
4: that. Right? I think that was, that's a true, uh, that's, you know, a credit to Eric's, um, kind of background. And I've been, I've worked with Eric before, um, when he was at Moorline, we, uh, he brewed our house Pilsner that we carried for a while. And it's been kind of a cool progression to go from, we've been open for almost 10 years, uh, where it was, it was kind of difficult to get local beers Um, and then, you know, there were maybe, maybe one or two breweries around next thing, you know, uh, the scene's growing and our taps handles are changing from um, like Oscar blues to, or a stone to a local brewery. And now we pretty much, it's not exclusively local, but it's, it's a really easy market to choose from great beers and to, to kind of see that progression. And then to actually have a hop grower, who can drop off hops two hours after they're picked and brew it with a local brewery. Really kind of a neat thing to see over the past few years.
0: Have you guys played around with hops in some kind of a pasta dish at all?
3: Ooh, interesting.
4: We haven't. We've talked about a uh, wort gelato because that kind Ooh. of sweet. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, but but we, <laughs> we've we <laughs> never, you know, it's like the brewer's breakfast when you drink that uh, that sweet liquid. We've talked about doing something like that, but we we haven't hooked up the, at la grassa at la grassa yeah, we haven't hooked yeah. That up
3: yet, so. which is the gelato place right next to the tavola over there in madeira the madeira yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah which is not an uncommon recipe like they actually have done that before and it's just it doesn't take that much you know and poundage of hops to make a gelato it's just that brief window at which you can have them in that late august early september like you got to be ready for it right <laughs> Yeah. they have to be used right away. I would I would be very curious to try something. It could be terrible. It could be experimental. But yeah. Sometimes
0: it is and sometimes that's part of the fun though too. Like I just I'm I'm curious about it and that's what kind of that's what gets me excited is right. that curiosity and seeing and I, I know it's a whole different world with you no, start No, that's why we were excited
4: to work with these guys because it's you know I didn't know what I don't think any of us knew what a fresh hop saison was going to be but it I think Delicious. we're all pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Delicious.
1: Yeah.
0: Is this going to be something that we see return?
4: Yes. We were, we're basically working on a collaboration um, year round with Carrigan. And then ideally, you know, next year, if we can, or this coming grow season, if we can get some of those hops, it'll be a similar beer, but I think we'll probably tweak it in one way or another. Just, just and it
3: depends, depends what's available. Right. You know, we're, right. we're such on a, such a small scale. I mean, we grow, you know, 11 different varieties of hops.
0: Can you name them all off the top of your head?
3: Yeah, probably. Yeah. The, the traditional ones that grow the best in this region are Chinook and Cascade. And that's because as you get further South, the more mildews show up and the more powdery, powdery molds show up. And that's the problem with hops as you get further South is you have to be, uh, you have to be a... You have to know what's going to be resistant to those certain types. And variety is very, very important. You know, the interesting thing about hops is they grow the best across the 46th parallel, which drives just across the northern portion of the U.S. So if you, if you drew a line, it would be Michigan, Wisconsin, some of the Idaho's up there, and then the Pacific Northwest, Washington right. and Oregon. And people don't realize the reason that that's important. It's not necessarily because of climate. It's because of sun, and the forty-sixth parallel are the longest summer days that we have. And hops are something called heliotropic, so they follow. Are you telling
0: me we get the <laughs> longest summer days here in Cincinnati? We get
3: shorter <laughs> because than today. Yeah, I Michigan, call, I that's true. Yeah. But as you go further south, they get shorter. They just do, you know. But the heat is is higher, right. of course, and the humidity is higher. But no, that's true. So if you follow a hop as it's growing up one of these long cores that we tie you know 25 feet in the air it's very interesting you can actually take a time lapse time lapse of these plants and they will literally follow the sun so they twist mm. and they actually grow spiral I'll clockwise
0: see, that's another project i've wanted to do for a very long time i want to do a time lapse, well not even a time lapse i just want to follow a hop yeah hold when it grows and it sprouts and time lapse of it growing and going up the vine And then i want to the vine, sorry and vine. then i wanted somebody picking that little hop off and i want to see it going and i want to see it plunk it into a beer and I want to, I then want to see it in a glass. It's a very long time I,
3: lapse.
0: I, it's one of those projects that's always yeah. been on my list.
3: But th- that's how it works though. So they the, like
0: 90 GoPros.
3: It would take a lot of GoPro, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of head cams, but no, as, as this thing grows, so it follows the sun as it comes up in the morning and the sun goes overhead and it spins all the way around as the sun goes down. And that's how you get that spiral movement up the bottom. That's cool. And, Vines, v i n e s, which have grapes, they have little tendrils that stick to the things that they grow up. Right. Hops, the reason they're called binds with a B, is because they don't have those tendrils. They actually, as they spin, that's what gives them the strength to go up. So, following also didn't know that. Yeah, so the longest days are the most important times during the growing season to have sun from sunset. You know, sunrise to sunset because as it gets they grow, to grow, yeah, and you can grow so cool. six to eight inches in a day of a hot plant. Crazy. And then when they reach the trellis at the very top is when you want to change all of your fertilizers around so that you stop and then you focus on making those burrs and those cones and the cones are what we use in all the beers. And that's why up in Michigan and Wisconsin and the Pacific Northwest, they have the, the the most proliferative hops because they have those long days during the summer that they can grow and get the f- high. The
4: up.
2: 46 parallel. 46 parallel.
4: That's
3: exactly right. <laughs> I, I learned something. Yeah, and um,
1: yeah.
2: See that? as far as like hop genetics too, like the major hop growers in the, in the Pacific Northwest, they're always um, ma- a big push right now in the industry is mapping out these hops genetically and also genetically selecting um, varieties that will continue to be resistance, resistant to downing mildew um, insects, because uh, eventually, like a strain of centennial hops, uh, will become susceptible to a downing mildew or something. So they're they're exactly. con- they're constantly breeding these hops to breed out the the negatives because yeah, I mean, we, yeah. because at the end of the day, and this is something that I like to reiterate, but we're highly reliant on farmers as a brewer. Yeah, I mean, everybody, a lot of brewers just expect the hops to show up when they ordered was, and the grain to show up and they just show up. Yeah, but this is, beer's a living, breathing thing. It, it, you know, our, this whole process, the when we finally get the raw materials, it took a year to two years even just to get it to the doorstep, you know? So. And one of my
3: favorite things in the whole world, literally it, to do is to grab folks like Eric, the brewers and bring them to the field because, you know, there are a lot of brewers that go to, Places to choose hops, but right. they already see them in the little, yeah, you know, they're doing all yeah, of their, the, rubbing the, them in their the fingers Adam, and smelling. So. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but they don't, they don't see what it takes for that single cone to be brought to where it can actually be put in a brew. And when they walk out and we walk them through the process early in the season before the plants are even like, you know, 10, 10 inches tall, they look down and they're like, whoa, man, that's crazy. And they come out a couple weeks later, they come out a couple months later and they're like, these things aren't even ready yet. Are you joking? That's only one of the four components of beer. Right. So the energy and the effort that goes into making something like that, it gives them an entirely different appreciation of it. So when you deliver it fresh and you're able to make a beer like this, a fresh hot beer, it's so cool.
0: I wish when somebody sits down at that bar and orders that beer, I wish there was a better way that we could like... Get people to understand
4: all but of those put things. Sean in there. front of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, every the, time somebody you, orders, you camp you bro, order, just have order, Sean you ordered, come the out, the and, though. Though. Come and <laughs> <to> leave <him laughs> yeah. What is he talking
2: about? Yeah, uh, and, then, and that kind of interaction, like Sean's talking about, is is important because the a lot of the farmers where that grow a lot of the hops, they're they're farmers. You know, their their forte is farming, and they're not all. They don't go to the breweries. They don't talk to the brewers. Like. All they know is that I grow Cascade and this is how much I sell. And, you know, they're not always following the latest IPA craze or they're, you know, they're, they're growing what they think they should grow. You know, for instance, Willamette is a big hop in Yakima Valley because that's what Anheuser Bush grows. So, right. so you might have farmers that exclusively grow Willamette just for Anheuser Bush. Um, you know, they're, like I said, they're not tracing the trends, but the, it's been good to get the. Like in Yakima, because that's where most of the hops are grown is Yakima, Washington. They, they've they been doing a, an effort to kind of get, get the brewers out to the fields more and talking about these kind of things. So yeah. if you ever wonder why your IPAs are maybe in limited quantity or... Higher price, it's because the there's just only so many hops that can go around in the world. Well, and it it, it shifts and it changes too, which is what's yeah, fun. And, you know, one and one year Citro will be super,
0: stupid expensive for some reason, and the next year it'll be Galaxy, and then like it's <laughs> and it's these different are trends.
2: Yeah, these are economies of scale. So, like for instance, if a farmer wants to open up X amount more acreage, that means that they have to get water rights, they have to invest in the land, but then maybe their picking equipment only can handle so many acres. So that may, might mean they need to buy another picker and they need to buy another team of 20, get another team of 20 people in during harvest because you know, once these hops are ready to harvest, they have to get harvested immediately. And yeah. it's 24-7 around the clock. So it's not it's it's not just like the farmer is going to say, OK, I'm just going to you know open up all these acres. There's a financial impact to that, too. And, and they're reluctant to maybe do so because there's also trends. And once I mean, it takes three years for a full field.
3: Exactly to, what I was going to say to get a max
2: harvest. So it's a big investment yeah, for you hop don't plant farmers to
3: hop, and then that year it produces. I mean, it takes a good solid three years before it comes to where that hop is commercially uh, successful. Like you, you can't pull an immature hop right. and just yeah. put it in a beer. It's it's like taking a blade of grass and just throwing it in there because those oils and those. Well, I mean, have you to mature. I've
0: definitely had those. Oh, trust
1: me. <laughs> yeah, that, it happens. <laughs> it's fine.
3: You know, we, we try to, we try to, uh, we try to meet with folks and, you know, counsel them as they get excited about their hop yards and say, listen, and that's another thing that's really important. And the brewers will tell you too. Um, everything that you grow has to be sent off for legitimate chemical, chemical analysis. I mean, we sent them off to have gas chromatography done to show exactly what the alpha and the beta acids are, the cumulohumulin oils, the myr- that everything that's in that hop you need to know in real time or the brewers are going to mess, you know, they're not going to be able to do the recipe that they want.
0: So for both of you guys, like, why go through all of this hassle and this this? uh I quote, unquote, beer? quote unquote bullshit <laughs> of, of of growing something like <laughs> because that because
3: of this right there
0: <laughs> right I I mean what is what is that what is that thing that creates that excitement though like that is it is it really just that, that excitement of oh here it is here's that product because that's not that's not the most uh smart business way to do
3: things. Yeah, it depends on volume, right? So if you're if you're a hop grower and you have 2000 acres, you want to process that stuff process that as quickly as possible because you literally are putting uh volumes of pelletized hops somewhere that needs to go out to market, right? That's not right. our that's not our marketplace. Our marketplace is dealing with the grower or dealing with the brewers finding out what they need. And we will mid-season pivot as to what we are doing as opposed to what these guys need. So the big difference between just a warehouse full of pelletized hops that needs to be sold at the highest price and hops that are coming out of the field that I may pick them a little sooner if they want their alpha acids a little bit lower. Or I may push some nitrogen at the end of the season to get them a little bit higher so that we can get a higher yield on a Sirachi Ace, for example, because I know they're going to use these things. Working alongside of these folks, that's the excitement of the brewing process. You know, that's the excitement of being here in Cincinnati, being able to do this, Right. you know, and then the people walk in and they're, you know, they're like, this is unbelievable. This is amazing. This beer that we just made, it came from one mile away. These guys are making it for us and it tastes way better than anything I've had in the last months. I can't wait till next year to do it again. So, so that's
2: your
0: why. So,
3: but, but, yeah. but,
0: so for, for you guys though, yeah, like, I mean, th- the majority of beer drinkers don't actually care about all of the stuff that we're sitting here talking about. The majority of people that are going out and ordering a beer at a bar just want something that's light and cheap and we'll get them to where they forget everything that happened today and yesterday and the the shit going on in their life. Like, you know, why go through all of this hassle to create a beer when the you know, Bud Light is still the, the the top selling beer in the country. <laughs> uh You know, it's, it's a very big question. <laughs>
2: I mean, it, I, I think it kind of brings back to everything to the whole craft movement. You know, the whole craft beer movement is to be able to to produce styles that aren't around in current day, and to bring back old styles and to exemplify them. You know, and, that,
4: to, and to support. You know, I mean, to support a friend like Sean and Eric, and just to kind of watch. Um, their progression and our progression, and to, to that connection, the story. I mean, mm-hmm. not to sound cheesy, but no, it, it makes true. a difference, and it, and it it's um, Since he cheese cast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I mean, not, which yeah. actually sounds like a fun. We're not show. trying to take the world <laughs> I, I over I with the, cheese, yes, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's that that's that connection to um, the the farmer, the grower, the brewer. Um, the restaurant and then to the customer and maybe 99% of the people won't care, but you know, that 1% or whomever who comes in and says, wow, this is really cool. This was grown less than a mile from the restaurant. It's, It's just, it's a really great story. And the product is, I mean, we personally, I think we all really enjoy it too. So it's, it's fun.
0: Let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit of, of the supporting of local or, um, something that's more uh, artisan than, than the normal. You guys, you guys are big on that here though. To create a product that is not necessarily the uh, the standard product that you...
1: Well, the idea is to, to let...
0: Papa the... John's or something. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> I just... Well, I don't know if I can say their uh, their motto on the... You <laughs> <can> say <laughs> I've it, been a list of yeah. the show. <laughs> but to, to take their... I mean, better ingredients. We, we focus on our ingredients, whether it be the food or um, even down to the beer. That's why it's really neat to work with um, hop because down to the beer ingredients that we're serving. Um, You know, we, we kind of have a connection to it and know that it's quality. And that's, uh, we've worked with Carrick to do a Pilsner for our house, Pilsner as well. And, um, which is
3: amazing by the way. Thank Um, you. And it's, I mean, what I've moved on
0: to now. (laughs) Nice,
4: nice, nice. Well done. And that it's really just focusing on the quality of the ingredients, whether it be the food um, or, you know, the beer that we're serving to have that connection is, you know, have the hops immediately available after.
0: It just seems so it seems, it seems crazy. It seems like you're tossing this idea, this, this conventional idea of what you should do to be uh, successful quote unquote. And you just it's kind of throwing that idea out the window and be like, no, no, that's, that's not what we're, that's not what we're going for. We want something bigger and some kind of bigger idea behind all of this. And especially, you know, you, you, you walk around OTR there's definitely things happening down here and some really exciting things happening down here, but there's a lot of uh artificial kind of uh, things that are that are that are part of this like there's there's a lot that's that's not real about a lot of these places that are existing down here
1: right
0: and to see places that can flourish in the middle of that. And with this, it's this a, bigger it's idea a challenging behind it. market.
4: it is. I mean, you know, with the, especially down here, there. Are, I don't know how many restaurants. Seven
0: thousand nine hundred forty-three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, Forty-four. 40 we yeah. Forty-four. We
3: speaking today. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Exactly. I see one across the street that they actually just opened. <laughs> 10 minutes ago. There's a restaurant
0: in my car in the parking yeah, that's lot. Right? A great <laughs> idea, actually.
3: It's actually not a bad idea. I might take that one.
4: It's a great community though. We, we love being down here, but the, to create that connection, you know, where you're not just serving a Bud Light, um, you're, you're serving a beer that was created by, a you know, in collaboration with friends of mine. And, um, I passed that along to our team and I think our team, uh hopefully passes it along to the to they the do. customer they do um yeah it's it's one of those it's just it, it's more fun than anything if you you know to to, to be involved in this and to say hey we're brewing a beer and um it's great we bring our team down and and get them involved in um you know pouring all it, just learning the whole process so you're much more mm-hmm. connected doesn't be kind of like learning butchering or something like yeah
3: that's the point there i think you know you're dealing with limited resources right and i think folks don't don't quite understand when you walk into a restaurant you open a menu and you expect everything to be there but i think when people open a menu and they see obviously the special of the day or something right? something that's quote unquote local it's not necessarily generating income in that space for the restaurant or for me or for the brewer what it is it's now you've connected yourself to that community. And we all take very a lot of pride in Cincinnati. And you've talked about this in a podcast before. If you put a pen in Cincinnati, draw it out to about 50 miles and do a circle, I mean, we have like 70 breweries around here. Like, that's I absolutely insane.
0: Exactly 70. Is it exactly 70? Well, I do 40 miles as my uh, my actually, pen. Actually, two just opened. <laughs> I wonder what that, we <laughs> that's
4: why we're talking again. Right.
3: I wonder what that growth In the is, trunk though, of my car. In the past <laughs> 10 years,
4: whether it's been...
3: Well, we... We do the numbers actually. At, we just came back from our uh, pitch for the OHGG, the Ohio Hop Growers Guild conference. We have it for the entire state every single year. We we try our very best to set standards for growing, so that you know if you wanted to grow in your backyard, we can sort of certify whether. I that's, just told you I couldn't grow tomatoes. <laughs> well, all right. right okay. but Eric wanted to grow down in which he actually is. Yep. By the way, yep. which is an awesome sort of thing too. But no we try to set standards. We get together as growers from all over the state because it's a very different market, you know, in Northwestern Ohio as right. it is in Southwestern Ohio. I mean, look at all the breweries we have here and there's a bunch of state in between there right. and here, there are guys that are growing acres and acres of hops, you know, 30 miles North of us. They don't have any relationships with the brewers down in Cincinnati. So we try to meet with them and we say, Hey, if you got a hundred pounds of Zeus. I, I can put it down here and make it work for you if, if you need to be. But there are limited resources in town that these guys want to get access to. And because of the relationships that we have, we're able to put those things in front of the consumer that walks through the restaurant that wants to be a part of the community. And now they're ingratiated to it. And why would you go outside of here if you can get it from right. you know your neighborhood? Right. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal process.
0: It's a, It just adds like a little, uh, like a spice to the whole thing. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, locally grown, you know, fresh hops are never going to replace the uh, standard possible. pellet thing Not that possible. everybody's ordering from, right. you know. Madri can't replace all of the hops that they order no with, with fresh local hops. It wouldn't make sense and, and, and frankly wouldn't, wouldn't be what people wanted. Yeah. But it makes this extra little spice that you can then sprinkle on top of everything else that just just keeps building what this local scene is and,
3: and that's a great example you know mad tree and ryan are both making fresh hot beers with those of us that are growing hats, right here number
0: one, hats off to two breweries like that, yes. that that are able to do that yes. i mean ryan to be the 30 what 33rd biggest brewery in the country you know something stupid like that to yeah. be still making a locally wet hopped beer with
3: do you know what their wet hot beer is called this year Hopped Farms, right. Hop Farms IPA, because that was their whole... They came to us and they were like, listen, man, let's do this. No question about it. And they put it in their tap room and it was gone in like a week and a half because the volume that they moved right. through. But that's, that's a credit to the community. There's no question about it. No question about it.
0: What are some of the hurdles that you've seen jumping into the... Uh- Hop game? Is that is that a yeah, is there a hop game? we call ourselves
4: hoppers. I'm not hoppers. really sure where that came from. Hopping but. into the hop game. Yeah, hop oh man, that's good. I told you I was oh, would you cheesy. write that down, please? That's a t shirt for the next
3: meeting that we go. No, the hurdles. Yeah. Absolutely. The the biggest hurdles are like I said, barrier to entry is the labor and the intensity that it takes to put that infrastructure in your field. Everybody designs it out and then goes to put that first pole in. But I mean, you've got to get a hundred, you know, twenty-five foot poles in the ground. Just think about how that works. That labor. But, but
0: once you labor. get past that, once you convince your wife okay. that this is a smart decision, <laughs> she convinced and once, me. But yeah. <laughs> and once you, once you, you get this infrastructure built. Like once you dove into this and you were here and yep. you're growing hops. What are the things that you did not anticipate and the things that kind of caught you off guard a little bit?
3: Seventy-eight percent of the hop yards that start in year three decide to go on to a different crop and the biggest reason that those guys in the third year is is primarily sales because there's a huge disconnect between folks that are in the field and that are farming and the folks that are sitting in the breweries and drinking beer and one's a consumer and one's an agricultural product right
2: yeah and that's kind of what i was hitting on earlier yeah,
3: that's exactly what eric was saying the, the hardest thing, I think, for the people who are in Medina, Ohio, or, you know, Chill Coffee or wherever it happens to be, they may have one brewery. But what they don't understand is all they need is one brewery. But you have so much time, energy, and effort in the field, you've got to get down to that brewery and sit in front of the brewer and say, listen, man, here's what we're doing. What do you guys think about this? And if you can't develop that relationship, then your end game is you're left with a bunch of hops. You're not really sure exactly what to do with it. So I think the hardest thing in that third year, once your plants become mature, is looking around going, uh-oh, now we've got to process these things or we sell them fresh. What we, how are we going to bridge that gap? If we don't have a sales point ahead of time, then you're not going to be able to deal with it. So what we learned was get out there and start talking to people before the plants are even in the ground. And once the plants start to grow, then you're going to learn from these guys. Brewers are chemists. I think people forget that, you know? Some of them. Well. Yeah, I was going to say, I
4: wonder how many brewers understand how to work with fresh hops, huh?
3: Even if they don't know that they are, you know, they, they talk in chemical terms, you know? Right. Something that we, you know, hazy IPAs. Let's take that for an example. Hazy. Oh,
0: IP- do we have to talk
2: about that? We must talk about hazy IPAs.
3: Embrace the haze. Embrace the, oh my gosh, so many t-shirts being made here tonight. Embrace the haze. No, like hazy IPAs, for example. The reason that a beer gets hazy is because, essentially, they're pulling these proteins out of solution. At some that
0: point. should be why they're getting hazy. We have to preface All that. Right.
3: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Will Eric speak to that? I think. Right. What's
2: the the protein and the?
3: Yeah, oh, the polyphenol. Yeah, the, right? the phenols. Why yeah. a beer
0: should be getting hazy versus why? Uh, yeah, other some people <laughs> don't filter are.
3: properly, and some <laughs> people actually get to the end and look at it, and they realize they kind of. Might have screwed something up along the way and ended up being hazy, and they're like, "Huh, a hazy IPA? Right. That looks fantastic!" And then people drink it. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, thought, take me, I take it from there, and then I'll tell you. About well, I think
2: one, the, one, the of the, um, one of the one of the one of the claims to hazy IPA is you know like the the aspect of dry hopping the day of fermentation, and it's funny because I this guy's uh, brilliant by uh, the actually, way. That's great. That's
3: exactly right.
2: But uh, it's funny because you know as Americans we think we invented everything. But, uh, when I went over to Germany and did a collaboration brew, they, they like always hop their beers first day of fermentation. It's a standard practice because they, it doesn't leave like, um, as much of a tannic hop flavor, mm-hmm. like uh, tannins is like the equivalent of like sucking on a tea bag Right. for all those people well, that we don't know. We can talk about tannins, but, uh, get to that, but, it's but, uh, but it's funny because in, in Germany, that's just a common practice mm-hmm. is hopping the first day of fermentation Whereas all all the haze people think, well, this is something we you know I, you know <laughs> isn't beer's that, been around isn't
0: that a, true with almost everything yeah, that we've done in America is like we think we're really good about it, so yeah. and then oh, but, Germany already
2: did that yeah, beer's <laughs> been around a very long time we invented wood
3: fire pizza, yes yeah, so. so. invented
2: <laughs> but uh, but there is something to that the fermentation and the hopping and and all that,
3: yeah, so the reason that a beer ends up being hazy. In the way that you're saying that it should be, that eventually should be, is that don't put it on me. <laughs> don't put it on you, right? There's like three or four ways it can happen, right? It, right? People don't realize if you chill a beer, like certain proteins come out of solution at a certain temperature. It's usually right. like 32 degrees or so, right? So you can be pouring off a tap and you pour a wonderfully hazy beer. If you let it sit there and it starts to warm up, it gets past that 32 degrees and all of a sudden those things go back into solution and you don't have a hazy beer anymore. Right. That's one way. The other way is yeasts. There's certain flocculent yeasts that just basically contribute to beers that can be more hazy because of the way that the yeast works on the molecules in there and the other side. The other thing is the traditional polyphenols. Polyphenols just crazy about chemistry is it has this thing called an aromatic group. And a bunch of these little hydroxyl groups on the side with their OHs. But here's what happens.
0: It's like sitting at a table with Alton Brown or something. <laughs> no,
3: but it's, it's like yeah. cooking. Sock, it's all- sock
0: puppets to come out in a it's,
3: minute. It's true though, man. I mean, this is, it's crazy. It's how it works, right? So, And you have these polyphenols in and they grab, those hydroxyl groups grab proteins and they pull them into suspension. And what people don't realize as he was talking about was there are a lot of hops that have huge polyphenol contents and ones that don't. Right. And the ones with very high polyphenol contents, you throw them in your beer, you're going to pull all that stuff out of suspension. And suddenly you've got these big protein molecules that are left in your beer no matter what you do.
2: Yeah. And the, the bigger the gravity, the higher the alcohol, like 100%. the bigger the IPAs, the more protein.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right.
2: So it's a perfect recipe for haze.
3: It is it's a <laughs> recipe. but going down the road of those hazy beers the people that make them by accident they don't taste very good and the reason is is because uh that polyphenols are a weird little substance these proteins you know people talk about tannins in wines tannin in wines uh is a different process than when you have the astringency of what a polyphenol correct starts because what it actually is, it's a physical process. There's this thing called the trigeminal nerve that goes down and evaluates things on the tongue. And there's taste. There's two different things. It's a uh, physical thing. Okay. So stay with me here. I'm no, trying, this is this is actually so good. hard. You ready? <laughs> this is this where the is doc good. this is where the doc hops comes in. The doc hops. No, but it's absolutely true. So it's a physical thing. You know how you pucker uh-huh. when you sort of feel that astringency in something? Because that's a physical reaction that happens because Are we talking pro- about the tongue? hmm talking about the tongue. <laughs> physical reaction that happens. No, because proteins traditionally lubricate the the mouth, right? But when polyphenols grab them and turn them into that sort of polyphenol complex, then it's binding and it's actually becoming a physical tactile response. And that's why you pucker when you actually feel that. So the bitterness that you get from some of those hops and the astringency that you get from that polyphenol complex, when those go together, it makes a very, very bad Uh, dichotomy in the beer, the taste at the end. And that's why sometimes you get these really hazy beers and you drink at the end. You're just kind of like, I don't know what just happened. I don't want another taste of that. As opposed to you want another sip, you want another, you're not satiated. You want another thirst out of it. All right. There's my chemistry lesson. Uh, (laughs) Throw it over to somebody else.
0: I'm going to go home and listen to that like nine (laughs) times just to try to understand. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm puckering right now.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
3: it's puckering, puckering.
2: Well, there's a lot of research that does go into the drinkability of beer. Mm -hmm, That's right. And because the idea is you sell more. And so the idea well, is how drinkable is it? Like you know, everybody,
0: everybody shits on that term of drinkability, but like, I, yeah. it is such a real thing. It's like it that is. thing that just makes you want to just drink another one, another mm-hmm. sip, even, you know, just that, that thing that it's hard to, to put any other way than
3: drinkability. <laughs> yeah. What, I, I hate the word quaffable, but I'm throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah. yeah or what's the other one? I don't know that word. I've yeah. Crushable. Yeah. Anyway,
1: yeah. It
4: sounds like a hairdresser or something. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. That's a good point. <laughs> or
3: crushable, right? Crushable. Crushable. Yeah. crushable. Just reminds me of college, you know, yeah. like just, the beer is just crushable,
2: but what? Well, there's a lot of research that's been done Into with crushability. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it's the uh, like the yeah, the protein and the Everything, Um you know, and that—that that is the challenge in making like a really well balanced IPA, because uh, you—you do have a lot of leftover proteins using so much malt, and then yeah, you have the polyphenols and then the tannins from the hops. So that's why I mean everybody says it's, it's I mean every frankly, beer I don't, style and it's I want to everything from pilsner
0: to IPA. like yeah, there's, and, there's and, these things that can and, change that whole th- that whole makeup of the beer. That, yeah,
2: and and honestly the. It really, but this is my pet peeve is when people were like, well, IPAs, you just can throw hops at anything. Mm. You can mask any flavors. That's not true at all. Because uh hops interact with the kinds of alcohols you're producing in your beer. But you know, there's several different types of alcohol in beer and compounds. So you have, you know, your aldehydes, you have isobunyl alcohol, ethyl alcohol, um, you have all these compounds that go into the actual extraction of the hop, you know, flavor and dry hopping. And so this whole, it's a toxic stew of, you know, what elements can extract mm-hmm. things like myrcene, linaloo. These, those are flavors and hops that you kind of are common that they're associated with the dankness, the uh, floral ability, you know, all those kind of things. Um, so, you know, creating like a really well-balanced IPA isn't easy
3: very different. Um,
2: you know, because you can't really just throw hops at anything. Creating a and, good,
0: any style is not easy. That's the whole brilliance of it. Like, there's so many people that want to say that, oh, yeah, just you know, you make it a big uh, imperial stout and it's an easy thing to do, or a big giant IPA with a bunch of hops. That's easy to do. Like, it's not easy. Like, if it was easy, we'd have a bunch of world-class, you know, mm-hmm. stouts and IPAs and things like that just coming out of the, the woodwork, and we don't mm-hmm. because it's not as easy as everybody thinks no. that it is. Like, it's a... And there
2: really isn't a lot science. of yeah, there's is, science. Yeah. They're to know what you're doing or not. Like that.
0: There are, they're definitely yeah. very, they're very uh, crazy kind of uh Doogie Howser ish kind of people that can, that can <laughs> brew really well and not know what they're doing. Yeah, like, there's, but but they're like still the doing. Yeah,
4: there's. Oh, um, I like Dukie <laughs> House. <laughs> there's, there's no. Is that still? Is, is that still on? Ninety-seven <laughs> percent of your
3: resident listeners are googling <laughs> right
2: now.
4: Dukie um, is had a brewery of some kind. There's
3: no exact
2: science to dry, <laughs> <laughs> dry hopping. He's opened a brewery. That's right. Dry, right dry hopping, great. Like, example. there's no, there's no exact science to dry hopping. You know, everybody has their tricks of the trade and and different things. But at the end of the day, you're just trying to get the most extraction out of this raw material. Uh, but the, you know, there's no one way to do it. Uh. I mean, that's so you know, making
0: beer is making some kind of like really crazy soup. I mean, you're just extracting things and then extracting things and then finding another way to extract this other thing. And you're just extracting these different chemical compounds from different ingredients throughout the whole process. And then then you throw this yeast into it and you just say, please do what you said you were going to do. And then you just kind of watch it and keep it happy and then hope that everything turns out the way it's supposed to turn out like it's this crazy crazy process that again talking about the average drinker in the United States walks into a bar and orders a bud light and has no idea what the hell they just what what is in their hand and what is in their glass and like it's
3: that's a great point so i have a lot of friends that i've known over the years and my my argument to them so we sit down and people are like i have no idea what to order this is crazy i've got a sour over here and somebody telling me this is made with blackberries and you know what's a freaking saison this is ridiculous right Right. i see a Hellas lager what's a Hellas lager and (laughs) eric can correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not a brewer obviously but i think of beer very in a very simple term I think there's there's really only two types of beer out there in the world and if you start at the at the foundation of it at the root uh, at the beginning of the tree I mean you have ales you know that are essentially top fermented ales with a certain type of yeast you have lagers I actually heard a
0: really it. I had a, yeah. heard a really good argument the other day um, on this other branching off of that that there was bigger yeah. category that I did not understand be. that I need to
3: Well so here's how here's how I <laughs> But that it wasn't that simple. No, I, but I here, get what you're People I think they I make it I more could. complicated than it is. You have lo- I mean if you look at the history of beer, I mean literally you have lagered beers which are like this the straight-down one side and then you have ales on the other side. And then of lagered beers, you know the folks eventually they they were lagering beers takes what? 6 weeks or something like that. Sure. Eric? Yeah, yeah, 6 weeks yeah. or so. Lagering. You, yeah, it's a to to lagering age. process. Yeah. And they were lo- And for a long time, lagered beers were the only beers that people were allowed to make because the Germans kind of got aggressive mm. about it. And then the British said, I don't know what's going on here. And then the Dutch are making hops <laughs> and they sent them out to these it's, guys. It's a really brilliant way to simplify everything <laughs> that true, was going <laughs> on. And then all of a sudden, people are like, You can't make ales. They literally they moved, they made rules against making right. ales because they weren't considered quote unquote beer, right? So you have a lager and you have an ale. And then what happened was these guys that were lagering beers, I think it was in Czechoslovakia, we call it the Czech Republic now, of course Czechoslovakia, that some of these long-standing six-week-old lagering beers were going bad. And a gentleman showed up and he was bringing these hops from uh, Germany, the Saas hop and the Hallertau and the Tatnagers. They, They were bringing these over here and he said, hey, I think I have something. That's gonna make this beer not spoil. Throw these saws hops in there, and it'll it'll help this process and enter the world of the pilsner. So a lagered beer beer with noble hops is now a pilsner. And that's really all you have huh. out there in the whole world. Right? And you can everything else can branch off of all of those categories. Everything that gets crazy beyond that. Right? So that's the way I think of it. That's why I explain it to people. And so When you sit down at a bar and you're going through all the list of the things there, people go down, they're like, oh, it's a lager or it's an ale. And maybe I'm going to like ale with blackberries, or maybe I'm going to make a lager that's been, you know, not necessarily cold, lagered over six weeks, but that's all that there is to it. Anyway, am I oversimplifying it, Eric?
2: Maybe. No, that sounded great. Oh,
3: thanks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, hops were used as they're commonly known as a preservative. Yeah. In beer. Uh, hops also, uh, have a calming effect. Uh, so a lot of people would back in the Aren't day they in
0: the same family as another herb
2: that has a calming effect. Oh, we're going Could down we, this road. Are we? no, but, We're just touching but, on but, it. Well, people, I just would, wanna... people would actually <laughs> stuff pillows. So like people True would sleep, statement. people would sleep with hot pillows. Uh-huh. still do. Yeah. Um, you know, so every night time, before bed, I, Toss hops at my three-year-old, and, <laughs> and you could imagine. I mean, all the it should. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, do you have a hot pillow? No, but I should. I totally, a great sell, idea. Should totally <laughs> sell. hot pillows. Still- I mean, Ooh, it's yeah. a thing. uh You know, and just like, just the primal essences of these hops also ha- You know, essential oils from these hops have yeah. a calming effects on people, and you know, it's kind of going back a little bit in the history when American settlers were coming here. They were trying to recreate a lot of the flavors, bring the old country with them. But to, Sh- to Sean's point, there, there weren't that many hop fields. I mean, the biggest wow. New York used to be the largest growing uh, hop region in the U S but because of downing mildew and everything that kind of set in that region fell, fell away. That's right. Um, but uh, you know, those raw materials were not always re- readily available. So people were using what they had along the countryside to mimic that. So things like dandelions and other things were used for bitterness. So, so, Early on in the U.S., what you would think is beer is maybe was a lot different than what it is now. Right. And they would use other adjuncts like corn because they didn't have malted barley. Um, and that's so that's why you have like the American lager typically has rice or corn uh, or other adjuncts because malted barley wasn't so readily available. But it, you just needed a little bit of malted barley for the enzymes to, to and uh, nutrients for the yeast. So... You know, the evolution of beer in the U.S. is is probably pretty interesting because, like I said, the, you know, my, my great-great-grandfather was one of the first settlers in Indiana, and he was a, a German settler, and he made beer.
3: Mm, that's awesome. But
2: what was he making it with, when, you know, because who was growing was the hops? Well, who was making was the barley? Nice. <laughs> yeah, and, and he'd yeah. also make wine, and and so I looked at a lot of these wine recipes, and they're very similar to what the beer recipes were. They were just, like I said, utilizing whatever they had in the countryside to mimic hops, yeah, or that's exactly I wonder right. what you this know, would taste like, is that like that's what uh, that's yeah. what interests me I think yeah, I yeah. want I to like, I, yeah. try, like, I just it, think it had alcohol so every sip tasted better than the last
0: I'm just, I'm just so curious about things like that because you know you, you you see breweries that try to recreate oh this is a uh, you know a, a traditional beer that would have been you know drank in this this area at this time it's like no it wasn't like this is this is a beer that might taste different than what we're used to right. as you know uh, macro drinkers. But this—that wasn't what they were drinking. I want to—I want to try what they were drinking, even if it's terrible. Which yeah, did it just taste not.
4: terrible back in the day? Every, People, uh, everything tasted yeah, terrible. Yeah, there were.
0: <laughs> but I've seen stuff about uh about George Washington's recipe for beer mm-hmm. that he had. And like it's not great. Like it's not a good beer because nobody was making good beer right. at the time.
3: Well, that's
0: interesting to me.
3: We know we all know about the German purity law, of course. Right. Like, minor Thank you. It's actually a
0: part of the. I'm gonna get and it's an also, email from Luke Shropshire telling me I pronounced it wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's actually it's 16, but uh, it right? was but it's actually a part of the larger like uh, a constitution, essentially, of Bavaria. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 basically defining out a region and defining out a a traditional drink.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. But uh,
2: it was done because wow. of yeah, there were a lot of imposters. So you know, uh, like I said, using things that. You know, they didn't consider beer. And, you know, I have a... Frankly, I mean, I think that the U.S. needs to have like sort of an intervention on what we call beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, let's talk about it. I don't think. That's I don't think, maybe a topic for wait, another wait. conversation. I don't think we should have an intervention and say you cannot make something <laughs> that has these ingredients with it. But I think there should definitely be some kind of clarity to what is what is in what you're drinking and what what what, it, what makes this this product what it is. But yeah. uh, maybe, maybe clarity, not a uh, an all out. Uh, <laughs> nope. And
3: can't not do that. clarity in the <laughs> Hayes sense, right. yeah, I mean, not clarity and not Clarity. No, no, let's talk about but I that. Like,
0: I like a good clear beer.
3: I think the few What do you think about... You know, a question for you. You've... By the way, it's absolutely amazing. You've sat down with, I mean, everybody in town. How do you have the time?
0: I don't this, know.
3: I don't know. You'd have to ask my wife. I listened to your podcast. My wife. I mean, you, what the heck? <laughs> it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And you have a chi- second child on the way. Anyway, well done. Thank you. But no, to, to your... I don't think I've ever heard anybody ask you, what do you think about the future of uh, the market here in Cincinnati, one? And two, where do you think the beer drinking is going? Do you think people are moving back toward the loggers and the pilsners? Do you think people are still feeling the interest, you know, in the uh, crazy, it's- uh, I, I don't want to say IPAs, but I mean, even just the ale side.
0: I think it's all from what I see. I think it's all this, this crazy weird cycle that drinkers do. You know, we go, we go crazy for a while and then we kind of drift back to who we are at our core, you know, be it the, the German influence or whatever you want to consider it, you know, the, the loggers and these, these traditional styles. And then we'll go crazy again with something else when is exciting. And then we'll go back and then we'll go crazy and then we'll go back. Um, as far as the hazy stuff goes, I mean, we're still, it's still so young and like a thing, like a, we're, we're trying to figure it out. I've had a lot that I thought were just completely terrible beers that I don't want to, they have no drinkability talking about that. Um, no quaffability. Yeah, oh, done. here we go. <laughs> quaffability.
3: Man, that's a third t-shirt. Oh my gosh.
0: Quaffability opening yeah. on, uh, <laughs> no,
3: that's <laughs> it's good. It's a no, great little hair saying. salon.
0: This uh, a <laughs> sassy guy named Steel does your hair. <laughs>
3: Tell me who that guy is his and name's I'll have Steel. Him, beard and hair. I'll get him. Get um, it all arranged. for once a year, chop. <laughs> once a year. I get the haircut once a year. He probably sells
0: his own beard oil that is made with hops. <laughs> probably. That's actually another great idea. <laughs>
3: <Would you> write, <laughs> this down? Yeah, Nick, write this, this down. stuff down, please. Story. <laughs> this is unbelievable. But
0: like, I, you know, the, the, the drinkability of beer, like I've just now started to have hazy or some kind of, you know, uh, New England-style IPAs that I think are drinkable. Like, for so long, none of them were, were, were those beers that I wanted to drink more than one of. Right. And we're just now starting to scratch the surface of that. Um, so, I, I, you know, we're, we're leaning into that now in a different place than we were before. But it's all, it's, like it's a process. It's a.
3: Would you be surprised to know, so something that we do through the Guild, the Ohio Hops Growers Guild, is we sort of, we run... Uh, metrics on the region Mm -hmm. because it's important in Ohio to see kind of where the beer is coming from and how much is being drank and how much is being made. And there's, it's not that hard to do throughput to find out how many kegs are being sold. And uh, with that circle that you talked about with 70 breweries around Cincinnati, you know, take that to Columbus, take that to Cleveland. Here in our region in Southwestern Ohio, People think, oh, the market's getting saturated. This is absolutely nuts. Nobody's going to be able to sell any beer. Did you know that with our metrics, we're only at about 47 to 48% saturated? Mm. I don't, the actual physical volume I don't volume even think that's beer, right. I don't even think yeah. that's even so close. So it was 35 last that. year. This is a projection, though, because there's a lot of places that haven't quite opened yet. Brain. And there's also people that are expanding. So it's about the volume of beer that's being produced with on the consumer side, who's going to drink as much as they're going to so right now, they predict by the end of twenty twenty or so that somehow will be about fifty percent. But that's with places that haven't even opened or expanded
4: yet. I think before you were talking about how many had opened in the past ten years. I don't. You. I don't know that we ever got to that. I was just curious how many in the past ten years have opened new since, places. New places and since with regard because I feel like it was just one. <laughs> 10 years ago, there was, I can think of yeah, one brewery off the top of e- my head.
3: Who is it you think of? Mount Carmel. Yeah, Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel Rivertown. Mount Carmel was 2005. And Rivertown is that right? was the next one. Yeah. Rivertown. Um, and those and were the two forget that were. Main Street Brewery and all of those guys who predated them, right? In the
0: last, what did you say, 10 years? 10 years. Uh, nice. In the last. Here we go. This is, this is how it did. <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> we we a, a historian on our hands. years. List. <laughs> Um, would put Rivertown and beyond so 62 that's not including the places that have closed that's Wow insane. that's not and there's been a couple more in there that have since closed but um, right. yeah so my count right now of real breweries right right and this is not including. Brewdog, and this is not including yeah. LaCoba platform. platform, whatever the hell you yeah. call them.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my they have disparaging they platform.
0: They I have like this. they have brewing licenses, but it's a brewery. I but I don't it. think there's an ounce of stainless steel in that building, so they're not a brewery in my in my book. Oh. They're 70 as of right now. You gotta today. be
3: careful because they did want some of our hops. So I got
0: it. I'll give them your hops. I but love but platform. I don't Wonderful. think they listen to the show. They make the best
1: beer <laughs> ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, the whole, uh, the whole opera cream thing still mm-hmm. gets under my skin. I, uh, I don't like that at all.
1: So, I mean, <laughs> you with know, all of that being
3: said, we really, uh, there's, there, the throughput of volume of beer being produced just isn't satisfying the market here locally.
0: But think about, all, think even about even the, the potential of what this thing could be. Could, and, and it won't, but it could be. You get places like you guys here. You could have your own little brewery tucked in the back that just makes one barrel of beer. You have one tap that's your beer. Every single place. Wait, did every... you
4: go in the back? <laughs> but, We're working on but,
0: but every single every single bar and restaurant that is like a neighborhood place not not even not even talking about you know down here you know every little neighborhood every like little bar that that you know those people walk into after work and grab a beer could be making their own beer. They could be a brewery, not to the same level as like a Kerrigan or a Madri or a Ranggeist or whatever it is, but right. they 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 could be their own little thing, and like that opens up this whole other potential of yeah, countless breweries in my mind. Yeah,
3: you were just at off track, right? In yeah, Dupont Cafe or
0: you- uh, no? Um, um, oh the 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 put uh, you so, on the spot. Somebody help me out What's here. The cafe. Over uh, there? The the the. the, the Dunlap. Um, Dunlap, thank Dunlap. Dunlap, thank you. Oh thank you, God. Thank the
3: Lord great we have burger. a downtown guy. Oh, love, love that burger. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, what a great Sorry, example, Dunlap. <laughs> right? In Dunlap Cafe, that the, the off-track guys are over there, and they started putting words in their mouth, but they started with a tiny kettle back there, sort of brewing beer, and then suddenly, I mean, those guys will expand eventually. They're making good beer. Yeah. They've done a really good job.
0: But there's there are countless places within that 40-mile radius that mm-hmm. could be that, so... 70 breweries isn't even scratching the surface of what yeah. it could be, depending that's on right. what you want that to be.
4: It's but like if, Colorado. You go to Colorado, like Denver, every Denver, restaurant. Denver, Boulder. Potential for bad beer, but also for, for good beer.
0: But you know what? Like yeah. I'm not defending bad beer, but I will say that if I walk into a restaurant and I'm having dinner and they have one beer that's theirs on tap and it's mediocre, mm-hmm. I'm okay with drinking a... I'm going to get emails. Oh, no. I'm okay with drinking <laughs> a mediocre beer that is your beer.
4: Yeah. To circle back to what that's kind of the connection we were talking about before. It it's doesn't,
0: like, it, You. I don't have to drink the best beer in the world. Every time I drink a beer, if right. it's making some other connection somewhere else, like it's all about this other picture that's being built around that. If I'm yeah,
3: that's smart, that's I, if, a good point.
0: If I show up at my neighbor's house and he's a homebrewer and he makes crappy kind of homebrew, I can still have a really good time drinking his crappy homebrew because it's his and he's excited about it and it fits into this other picture and like that that becomes an experience that I'm okay with.
3: That's right. That's
0: and, and I'm not defending people making bad beer, no, no, but I kind of am. True. No,
4: that's
3: true. <laughs> so, is, is your neighbor a homebrewer? No, my neighbor. my neighbor drinks Miller High Life and that's all so, he drinks. So I have a question: Do we call you the gnarly gnome, or do we call you by your actual name?
0: Gnome, a gnome or gnarly gnome, right, or uh, make sure or my actual name Frank whatever. Oh, no, it's Frank. De- <laughs> Fran
3: drew. <laughs> I think no. it's the
0: second week in a row. Somebody's actually kind of hinted at my real name.
3: All right. <laughs> but if, no, but no, the but, point is yeah. consistency. Like when you get to somebody like Ryan Geist, for example, like they're looking, they're looking at a, a, much different perspective than somebody in the Dunlap cafe. Right. So they, they need that truth that they made uh, yeah. to taste exactly the same in Florida and Wisconsin and Michigan as it does in the tap room over here. Right. So, their, their quality control is, is incredible, right? So when you take something like Triple Carmelite, which was one of my wife and I's favorite beers from the 90s on until now, you know, Triple Carmelite is a tremendous beer. And close your eyes, put triple down against seven other triples that are being made in the 50 mile radius of here. I'm not disparaging any of them locally, right. but close your eyes, you're going to choose Triple Carmelite almost every single time just because of the consistency of it. Right. But unveil all of that and see where they are made. I'm never reaching for triple carmelite. I'm reaching for whoever made it closest to me. That's when, just the way that it goes.
0: What makes it so crazy is like and you take a, a pilsner and there's some really great pilsners being made. But everybody's trying to taste like a pilsner, mm-hmm. whatever that is. They're trying to make the perfect pilsner. Which and Carica has an
3: amazing one but, right but, now. Yeah, I, I just, think just so. Just go myself. to Kerrick. But this yeah. uh, why yeah. But, yeah. but
1: <laughs>
0: the perfect Pilsner is th- is something in your head. You've tasted it.
2: The perfect Crispy Boy. But, but as I, I've liked that term lately, Crispy Boys. You, like what
0: that. is what is the perfect Pilsner in your head? It's Pilsner or Cal or wh- whatever Ooh. that is. That's, that, the, that original. that's is the original. What is your
3: What
2: is your favorite, Eric?
0: I'm
4: curious. Ooh,
3: let's do favorites. Like, Can we f- do favorites? Sure. Are we allowed to? Yeah. Eric, what's your favorite beer in Cincinnati?
4: Favorite beer? Oh, in Cincinnati. Oh, it's Cincinnati. like Cincinnati made that you didn't make.
3: Yeah. That, that you made. didn't make. We can't say Kerikin only because you're sitting here.
2: <laughs> you know, I <laughs> No, that this is good. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm going to, this is very cheesy and you know, whatever, but, uh, you know, I really appreciate truth because mm. like you were saying it, it's consistent, True. but also for me personally, it's, a like Ron guys exemplifies it's a really great company. You know, they really take care of their employees. They're really outreaching in the community. Absolutely. Um, they kind of hit all the marks for me and in that same vein pushing for an employee ownership. Yeah. And in that, vein's, awesome. know, right. uh, uh, see, in that same vein, you uh, know, in that same vein, you know, for me, like uh, Sierra Nevada also exemplifies a, like oh, yeah. a perfect brewery because they just hit all the notes, you know, they're, they're, they're concerned about quality consistency. They're yeah. constantly innovating. They, again, they take care of their employees. They have a good vision. Um, so, you know, uh, on the on another the side, uh, I really appreciate uh, Urban Artifact in town. Oh yeah, that's, I mean, I, like I I think shit. I think because they're you know uh, Brett's just doing a great job of always pushing the envelope and just doing what they want to do and defining a category and a style. So I really appreciate what they're doing. But I, I really appreciate you know just the in general like how the community in Cincinnati has been growing, and I hope that it, the brewing community here continues to stay open and communicative and everybody can still be friends and um, cause it's, it's very easy to to guard yourself, especially as an owner with other companies and, and everybody's your competition.
3: You can um, have little and so,
2: squabbles and squabbles yeah, are right. okay. Squabbles make but, it fun. But you I think that we all should just not take ourselves so seriously. <laughs> yes, please. And,
3: that's right. And, and that's just right.
2: keep growing as a community of brewers, you know? So, I mean, locally that's my, that's my why that's, you know, that's great. That is a good answer. Great. Um.
3: Nick, what you, do you have favorites locally? Can we put you on the spot, or is sure, that my my
4: well? My favorite beer overall would probably be it's if, what's always in my fridge, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's it. The but that's not College a Cincinnati brew. Right. That's not, that's not yeah, a Cincinnati brew. Get in the ring. Get in the ring. Get in the Come on. No, no. If we're going for a Cincinnati beer, that's not
3: and right now Carrick and Pilsner, because
4: that's what I. The, you know that's what we drink. The our my house Pilsner, all the time, but uh, I I really actually enjoy. Um, a, it's another house beer for us, so maybe it's that's a cop right. out it's too. Right. But <laughs> Fifty West does an uh, IPA for us called Autostrada, which is it's uh, good. It's got like a more multi uh, multiier backbone. It's a pretty traditional style IPA, but that's that's would be my go to outside
3: of the Pilsner. I would say, and th- I've. I have no skin in the game. The house beers we, we all have got. We we all have skin in the
0: game. I, I'm tired <laughs> of people saying that. I don't. Of people telling me that you know you can't have an opinion because you don't have skin in the game.
3: Well, that's true. <laughs> we all do. Let We're me all separate part of this. myself from. That's true. That's true. It's just that I I mean I can sell to anybody. We have a lot of relationships, but it's the 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 market is still wide open in the hops world. Right. But I would say uh, this is really cool. The guys at the Atavola, folks, the Taglio guys. This is Nick. Your house stuff is is by far the best in the city. If anybody doesn't know what they want to drink, or they're not sort of educated enough to even you know feel uncomfortable about walking up to a bar, just go to one of the restaurants and choose one of those house beers. I mean, it, it's about they've curated a group of folks from here in Cincinnati that oh, yeah. is going to be as good as you're going to get. They're not gonna they're that. not
0: gonna put it on tap mm, with you. that name on it. If no, it doesn't no, that, meet what right. their standards are.
3: Yeah, and because they were kind of the first of the game, kind of being downtown. My neighbor's
4: homebrew does
3: not
2: make the uh <laughs> No. The but cut. it's fun and interesting.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Do you guys know you know what the difference between homebrewers and brewers is, right? No, what is it? So, so. About, a, about, a, about a half million
0: dollars? <laughs> yeah,
2: that. a, <laughs> <but> <laughs> brewers brewers think they can walk on water. Home brewers know they can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can see
3: that. I can see that. But Ooh. I started
2: as a home brewer, so I, I walk on water.
3: Nice I'm, I'm just joking. No, actually, my
2: wife water. bought my first home brew kit. So. She did? Yeah.
0: Oh, here we go with the wives Again. getting and and stuff. Did she know what The vision doing? No, yeah, she didn't know.
4: I need to credit my, my, my wife for something at this point. <laughs> you need to badly. She's a lovely lady. Oh, yes.
2: No, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and this isn't on the uh, hop front, but, you know, my first brewing job was in Idaho at Grand Teton Brewing. In Victor, Idaho. Wow! And around Idaho, and where I was living around Pocatello and everything, um, it's on the other side of. I'm trying to think uh, of a it, good potato joke, in, and I well, can't come it's up with it's not a village <laughs> right? It's, on, yeah, it's, on, it's, yeah, in it's in the, the Tetons, in the Grand yeah. Tetons, it's but the it's actually right side. yeah, but it's also a very very big barley growing region. Really, and there's actually a uh, malt house in Pocatello, and uh, most of the the AB Anheuser Busch malt comes from that region. That's cool. So it was. Um, you know, kind of bringing it back to what we've been talking about. It was kind of cool to, I went into like this local bar one, one night and this farmer's sitting there drinking a the Budweiser and he was, uh, pretty stoked cause he just sold his entire crop to AB Wow! and he's tr- sitting there drinking a the Budweiser. So, I mean, this is this guy's livelihood yeah. and, uh, you know, br- uh, brewers grade barley is a pretty high, uh, quality. Um, <clears throat> especially when you're contracting with Anheuser-Busch, right. very tight standards. So, you know, these guys are trying to grow this product all year long to meet a brewer's grade, like malt. And if it doesn't, it goes to feed and they're very, very big price differences. So these guys are trying <laughs> to get like high protein loads, you know, a lot of starch and, uh, and, uh, available nitrogen. And if those specs are off, they, it goes to feed. So, um, it was really cool to be sitting there in a bar with the guy that just sold his crop to Budweiser. Wow. You know, that's really
1: cool. <laughs> You so that was a thing,
2: yeah, and so uh, you know I was I could see it, and they the then barley what they'll do is uh, they'll grow the the barley one year, and then the next year they burn it and grow potatoes, and because it's a potato
0: joke, okay. yeah, it's got to be something there,
2: <laughs> yeah, but then they do <laughs> rotate back, and it's a part of the crop rotation.
0: <laughs> it's a so. uh, I I wish we had some kind of good uh, um, barley. Community growing here in Cincinnati it's, the same way that the hops are It's, grown. Growing. Oh, it's there, grown.
3: There's there are two farms, Rustic Farms, right. and uh, there's another. So sorry, I can't even remember. But
0: Rustic both, Farms is up north, yeah, right? Up north. And there's um, one more. There's a place out in Indiana. Both of I those know. guys,
3: they're they're killing it. They're doing really well. It's, they're going to kill me. They don't, <laughs> I don't remember their names, but
0: we'll put it in the show notes if yeah, I remember put in to do show it. notes.
3: <laughs> exactly right. No, but there are there are legitimate farm. Farmers now that are doing malts, that are doing the barley, that are doing the grains, that uh, that are supplying a tremendous amount of brewers in in Ohio.
0: It's cool, especially when you start talking, going back to the that neighborhood idea of breweries. Hmm. There are breweries that could exist solely on locally grown ingredients. I know Fibonacci pushes really hard to get they do a lot of their stuff locally grown. That's another brewery that. You,
3: hmm. So we've got off track. Should I do mine first, or should you do yours first, or should we work the favorite Cincinnati? beers right now was, that you're drinking. I was
0: hoping I could get out of it. <laughs> no, you're not getting out. Of <laughs> no, it. Like, it you ain't
3: first. Happening. You first. All right, I'll go first. All right, so two beers for me right now in town that are that are probably my very very favorites, and, and obviously I they change. It shifts and changes. Yeah, it shifts yeah. and changes. But the very first one is uh, these guys, the high grain guys, yeah. you and Matt Utter and uh-huh. those guys. I mean, it's unbelievable. They um, I see if I can make. Make sure I make this name right. I wrote it down. The, the Zwickle beer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: it's basically a lager. I don't mm-hmm. want to overcomplicate it. So I've kind of, being in the hop business that we've worked in these communities and these crazy interesting beers that people are using our hops for, I really genuinely appreciate when people are breaking it down into this lager and pilsner sort of style right. using these noble hops. And Matt made this Wickle beer. His Wickle beer is, I think, this this Wickle man. I wish I could get this confirmed, but I think is the actual the turnstile or the tap they actually it's, use to open the from what the I, I keg. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. From
0: what I understand, it's it's a thing that comes off of the the fermentation vessel. That's, right. That's exactly so that right. It's the little the little thing that to, to taste the beer as it's, as it's working to see. How it's doing basically.
3: Yeah, it's a Keller beer. Yeah, so, a Keller yeah. beer. It's a Keller beer. And so, what there is happening is they're making these Keller beers and they're, they're loggers. Let's not make this complicated. They're loggers. <laughs> they're opening it up back in the tap room, and a bunch of these guys that are making this stuff are drinking it on their own. Unfiltered, Unfiltered lager. unpasteurized. Like it's hazy by definition. It's pulled off. If you have the opportunity to run out to high grain and drink this beer, I it's, don't
0: think it's on right now.
3: Is it gone? It was on like a month ago.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's on. Three right. weeks ago, I was there. I, he,
3: I. Well, I pray he, I, it's still there. I didn't prep there. my notes.
0: I feel like he said he had another batch coming soon. Mm. Well, which might have been. I don't remember when I was there.
3: If yeah. you drink Bud Light or you drink triple Triple Carmen if you walked in and drank this beer, you'd be satisfied on both sides. Oh yeah, it is just that is my favorite beer in Cincinnati, in the Lager Pilsner side. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Quite it, a, it, it was just tremendous. And I guess it's gone now. And that's.
0: I, I could be, I could be <laughs> wrong. If it's gone, it's coming back very soon.
3: <laughs> and I, it's something, of, it, it's a cellar beer. It, it was lagered for a while. It gets cold, but it's, it, it was just so, so very good. The other one that to me in town right now, a lot of people probably wouldn't know about it unless you live in that area, because these guys don't even sell a keg to a bar anywhere in Cincinnati. Down at Little Miami Brewing Company. Yeah. You've got to get down there if you haven't oh, yeah. talked to these I've, folks. I've been down there
0: once. It's, it's been a, while, a little while.
3: So they make a grateful IPA, and the brewer there brewed out in Arizona for a really long yeah. time. He actually was in California before that. He took the yeast from the folks out at Anchor Brewing Company, the actual yeast, which, which was credited for making the very, very first <sighs> IPA in our entire nation, the guys at Liberty. At Anchor Brewing Company, that Liberty Ale, he took that same strain of yeast, brought it back to Cincinnati and made a West Coast IPA, called a Grateful IPA after the Grateful Dead. (laughs) And it is a true West Coast IPA, no holds barred, the traditional beer that we don't get in this region. And it has all of those notes that that it checks all the boxes that you would need from out there. Some people would drink it and say, ah, this is a lot to... I don't really get it. <laughs> huh. But that's the way that it's supposed to be made. So if you want a West Coast IPA, the, the beer that he makes down there at Little Miami, you can't get it in a bar. He doesn't distribute. You have to walk in and have it poured in a glass. And that's my that's probably my favorite IPA.
0: They're doing some fun stuff there. I Little Miami is kind of... Tucked away there in Milford, and not getting a lot of credit to, to what's happening in this bigger scene. I, I think that's going to change in the next year or so. Probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the distillery community is as close as the the brewing community is, but you know, uh, March first is opening their other distillery right there, yes, right, like across, right the across the street.
3: And they've it's embraced gonna it nuts. completely. They it's going to
0: hey, get crazy. But.
3: but. Yeah, Milford is going to be nuts. Too. But oh that's man. so if you can drink that Grateful IPA, if you can get ever down there. I do that that <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we're looking forward to it. I think
0: somebody said it like it's... 1843 yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that's right. As, yeah. As, we just
2: as, built a yeah. mill. This is going to be nuts. And it's <laughs> and they <now laughs> are
3: making beer in our mill. This is <laughs> insane.
2: Really, what is going on? I think it's really cool. And I think it's, you know, on that side of town, you're going to have some really cool distilleries and a lot of cool stuff going on. Oh, yeah.
3: It's going to get fun. So those are my two right now. And then can I please say my favorite beer of all time Absolutely. in the history of the universe? Are you familiar with Fantome? Brasserie Fantome?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, I've so, had some stuff there that I was yeah. not a huge
3: fan of. What? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. That, well, to qualify this, <laughs> our gnome, who we're not going to name his name, hasn't been ingratiated to the Belgian beers in some no. specific way. No. That's okay. Perfectly reasonable. But yeah, the Brasserie Fantôme, they make a bunch of them. They make a golden ale. They make a saison. Uh, the golden ale is good, great. The saison is, if you want to put saisons against the rest of saisons in the universe, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's about as good as it ever is. Anybody could ever be. It's just it's not that difficult to get anymore. It's just set it down, drink a bunch of beers. Drink that one last and tell me that's not your favorite beer of all the five beers that are on the table. It's just...
0: Is that available in packaging around town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll try it. Root Cellar has it. All right, I will I will try it.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. Go grab some some Saison Fantôme. Mm.
0: I will. Yeah. I 100% will. And this when week. you
3: drink it, you have to say that because it sounds really cool.
0: I will. My wife is going to get mad at me because she's going to be trying to watch The Masked Singer or something. I'm going to be sitting in the chair next to her. C'est un fantôme. So, yeah. So that's my favorite beer right Shut now. Up.
3: Yeah, in, in the world. So, to you. Yeah,
0: I'll take another one.
3: Oh, yeah. Look at that. He's giving a thumbs up. So, to you, I'm really interested to hear this because you've drank your way around since I'm still hoping I
0: could get around it.
3: You've spoken to a lot of folks. And it, this doesn't mean this it is changes. right now. It, this is right now.
0: I will say it changes constantly. Please the, don't choose a Bach beer, by the um, way. Well, <laughs> we... tonight, st- to me, tonight starts box season. Tonight is the tapping of the box at Arnold's. Oh. Um, tonight starts box season, Love and that. box season ends place. in two yes. weeks. <laughs> and then after that, I'm done with Bach beer. But um, I.
3: On Sunday, I, I there's a the lot style. of Bach beer in Cincinnati. There's
0: uh, that it gets poured. There's a lot of Bach beer this this weekend happening, but no, it's not a Bach beer. So um, right but it is constantly changing. Um, I so Braxton has their Twisted Bit, which is a Dortmunder Lager on tap right now. I have to put that one right up there because I freaking love Dortmunder lagers. Yeah. I like that that minerality yeah. of it. Twisted Bits, it's really really good. Mm. Um, I it's not a beer that's been released lately, but I drank one of um, um, Saunders, uh, barrel aged beers the other night, the uh, the cuvee number
3: whatever it was, whatever
0: 14. it was, two, I uh, know, no, with yeah. no, one of the ones on in bottles. Mm. Incredible what they're doing up there, and their their what you like about it. It's not over the top, it's it's uh, it's not too sour, which I think a lot of people just go over the top of the sourness and be, oh, we made a sour beer, look what we did. Um, it's it's not that it, it it's it's subtle and just drinkable. You know, if you want to throw that back out there, the the word oh. that doesn't mean anything. What, quaffable? Um, yeah,
4: quaffable, quaffable, yeah. quaffable. Hashtag. Um, is
2: that a word? I don't know.
4: It definitely was.
3: Quaff brothers. I don't know if I made it up, but I
2: remember Quaff Brothers. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely
0: <laughs> it's a, a word. It's a it is thing. definitely a word. It's, I don't agree with um, it, but it's a thing. Those are two that jump out right now. But yeah, that's great. But ask me How tomorrow, about, and I might have a different answer. Overall, time,
3: like. Not necessarily Cincinnati. What is your favorite go-to beer?
0: I would have to like really sit and think about that to give a good, honest answer.
3: Let me narrow it down. Fridge right now, at home. <laughs> Again, we're going home. It's not a fair... What is it? reaching for? Okay. Uh, so,
0: <clears throat> I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but my fridge at home is complicated. I have multiple fridges, number one. I have... Um, Love that! I, the I fridge, knew that was
4: the answer. Was the like, answer there's not, not one sure. fridge. With... The
0: fridge when I walk into the house tonight to grab a beer, there is a a system of beers that I have to try. I have to take a picture of the beer. I have to write about the beer. Yeah. I have to put together some, some kind of notes. I am on 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 top the gnarly gnome. I try I try to try every beer that's released out of the city in packaging, um, which is not necessarily that's a feat. it's not possible i say I try yeah. it's not possible right. but i shouldn't say it's not possible it's not possible with my life Arsh. um but <laughs> i have so i have a row of beers that are the next in line to try so that's the next one i grab after i go through like two of okay. those that i can put together in normal notes then i go to the the, the regular fridge which is um uh mixture of everything else that, uh, sure. and then there's the garage fridge, which is what you give company. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the ones you didn't like and you left yeah. them No, down. no, 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 Bought no. in four packs no. and you drink
0: one. No, there is nothing that I will serve somebody that walks into my house that I do not like. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's impressive. It's, it's like, it's that's just impressive. like kind of normal beer. So gar- I keep Can't garage beer from Braxton <laughs> is always in my garage great fridge. Beer, by the um, way. Yeah. It's a great beer. Um, yeah. Right now I've got some Thunder Snow in that fridge. Like it's all, like it's good beer. It's just, it's the beer that, uh it's you know the the type of person that is going to want that if that makes sense
3: oh, it makes very very I mean,
0: much i have sense. a very complicated process in my house of
2: fridges what you know do- you know what my favorite beer is free beer oh i like that it's
0: very true <laughs> that's another t-shirt uh that would be a
2: great down. name for yeah. a beer yeah. yes it is yeah. a free... do you want a free and
4: beer Nick, yeah write yeah. Down, please. yeah well it's gonna oh be taken God.
1: i mean that's i mean how does it, it get any better it's, than that it's got to <laughs> be taken already honestly <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> i'm actually
0: gonna look why well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so um we are we're we're actually over time on oh, the show so Uh, No, that's that's what we do. I'll just edit everything out about um, like crazy hop, like crazy stuff. You're going to edit out the chemistry
3: side, aren't you? The fun part. It's perfectly (laughs) reasonable. I understand. Edit all my. And I'm never invited back (laughs) ever again. (laughs)
0: That's okay. No, you were fantastic. Um, uh, Tell people how they can find out more information about each of um, who you guys are and where you're from
3: while I look up this free beer thing. (laughs) I don't know how many people are looking for hop farmers, but Uh, It's usually the brewers and we.
0: We have a a good chunk of our listeners are people that work in the industry in Cincinnati. That's fair.
3: So for me, it's uh, on Instagram. We we probably put out most of our social media content there. It's it's basically hopped h o p p e d. Look for Hopped Farms on Instagram, and we try to keep everybody up to date on what we're actually doing and where we are and where we think that we're going to go and. You know, the people that we are connecting with, I try to, uh, I have a background in, you know, graphics design and, and branding. And we try to, whenever we sell something to one of these breweries. I like that situation. you're a
4: you're a doctor, but you your background is in graphic design. Yeah, yeah that that
3: is I spiked really way that's that. Why that's why my interest. Why did that yeah. just come out,
1: <laughs> I'm that's sorry, comfortable <laughs> situation. Yeah.
3: yeah, we're not allowed to talk about that. Uh, yeah, that'll I, be edited out. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I might have been a doctor at some point, but now I'm growing hops. No, so honestly, the women- <laughs>
0: that explains why you had me turn my head and cough earlier. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes. And by the way, you're doing just fine. So. <laughs> no, and we try to focus everything that we do on on, uh, on Instagram because I love the idea of telling a story in pictures. Right. You know, Facebook to me is, it's fine. It's, it's reasonable, but it's become such a marketplace for ideas. Uh, marketplace for fake
4: for fake news.
3: Yeah, fake news. Thank you. It's, Sorry, I, I didn't yeah. say it. Right? Spybox. Yeah. It's, it's a buy-in. It's almost like a buy-in, yeah. right? Yeah. On on Instagram, like we take pictures of what we're doing, and if it's if you're interested in it, great. If you're not interested in it, then
0: Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> right exactly. The the, 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 it's all part of the same. thing. It Tells thing. you right Absolutely when you log true. on. It's all but, part of the same thing. I'm completely
2: yeah. ignoring that.
0: That's
3: but that's another <laughs> cast. That's another. Yeah, another cast. That's another, <laughs> yeah. another cast. No, no. Go, to, go find us on Instagram. I, it's we'll, true. If you're locally, sort of looking for somebody to do a fresh hop with, that is, that's the space that we work in. Um, we've never pelletized a single hop. Will we've, you? Yeah, never pelletized. No, a single will hop. you
0: though? Like, is no, that?
3: No? I don't plan to. I mean, I can. That's never say fun. never. Yeah, yeah, I'm I, just yeah, trying right. to get. I'm
0: trying to get the soundbite yeah. so we, that I
3: can play it. And uh. I will never pelletize <laughs> a single hop. Eric wants them. (laughs) No, our idea is that we want to work with brewers in a growing season. We want them to be engaged with us and we want us to engage with them. I learned every single time that I put a hop in a brewer's space and I never want to learn, lose that learning process. Right. I never want to be disengaged from that. And then this trifecta of having a, somebody who has a restaurant, Like, Nick, I mean, this is crazy. I would never have ever thought that I would have connected with somebody who has a series of restaurants in Cincinnati where they're putting beer that was made with our hops. It was brewed with Eric. I I would never have thought that would have been possible. So for me, it's a dream come true. I just pray that that continues. Right. So, no, I don't want to process it. I want to sell outside of Ohio and I want to send things all the way to the business. That's not my market.
0: So go into your local tap room and tell them you want Hopped Farms. That's exactly.
3: Yeah. No, I, I think that's true. Um, you know, when people can and sort of put our logo on the back of the can, then turn it around and look. And you see that little hop on there with the green right. background. And they say, hey, man, this you can, be, uh, you can be sure that that is a quality product that is making a very good beer that we've talked about. A lot before it came to market. Right. I mean, it's more than these guys are even comfortable with. Because,
0: oh God, he's back!
3: Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh crap! It's growing season. Not the Carson. This is not good. But no, it's true. I mean, that's 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 the collaboration. That's the people that we work with. Yeah. So, it's, and thank you for having us. Oh, of course. Really At appreciate time. it. Anytime. I mean that.
0: Appreciate it. Eric, yes. how do people learn more about Kerrigan? You guys just moved into Columbus. Yeah, we're uh, yeah take, we're taking over the world, one, uh, well, one small t- Ohio city at a time. Yeah, we're taking over <laughs> Ohio.
2: Uh, yeah, we're launching Cleveland, we're launching Columbus, we're launching Dayton. Uh, we're just getting out there, and uh, I think the, the best way to learn about Carrickin is to come into our place in Fairfax and sample everything that you might not be able to find out in the market, and other than that, you can find our stuff at all of the major retailers. And One word you know,
0: for you, Shifu. Shifu. Ooh,
3: yeah, yeah. Nice. I that.
0: Hit the little search button on the website yeah. and search for Shifu. You'll find a whole bunch Pop, yeah. of them. tonic.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cool
0: stuff. So there's some some really fun stuff happening there that uh nobody else is even touching right now. So yep. check them out. And again, links in the show notes as long as I remember to add <laughs> links to all these things. <laughs> yep. Trying to make mental notes. And, I'll have and, to go through and listen to everything i someone's gonna put a note for.
2: And we have done stuff with hops and liquor, so that's you know, True. we're constantly playing with that.
0: And and it's not even touching the food that's happening at Carrigan too, which is awesome. There's some really good stuff there.
4: Yep. Those brewers dinners.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you can get invited.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What, you weren't on the last list?
3: What happened Uh, there? (laughs) I
2: fall off a lot of lists. (laughs) That's okay. Perfectly reasonable. I'll have someone look into that. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Um, Nick, talk about everything you've got going on because you've got a lot going on.
4: Um, You can come and try uh, these, the Campo beer uh, at both Atavolas and one's in over the Rhine, the other's in Madeira and um, both Taglio restaurants as well. The one's in Columbia, Tusculum, and the others in over the Rhine as well. So um, yeah, we love working with these guys locally and, on doing more collaborations so we're working we're, we're actually just talking about doing what are we going to do next uh yeah. to replace the saison and perhaps uh we're kind of do a seasonal beer with in, uh yep. in addition to our pilsner so um yeah more more to come for sure
2: yeah and I, I would say as a as a as a brewer like these are the fun collaborations like we can collaborate with another brewery, but it usually means that we just get together and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk, it's,
4: it still sounds, are yeah, actually yeah, fun it, too. I you know,
2: yeah, yeah. it's fun, but like yeah. you know, like it's 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 more fun when you're like interacting with a hop farmer and and someone that's a restaurant tour in Cincinnati and and just bringing all the elements together, right. you know. And, and as a brewer, or as probably as a hop grower too, like the best experience is watching someone actually drinking, consuming your product, and enjoying it. You know that's that's why we bring the liquid to the glass, and that same way is why at and, and taglio they bring the food to the palate. I mean, it's you know it's that like we do that because we want to make people happy, and that's that's why we do what we do.
3: Yeah,
2: perfectly stated.
3: That's a great statement and, right there. We want to make people happy, and at yeah.
0: some point, uh, if you want to get in on it, you'll get in on some kind of beer dinner in the middle of a hop farm. And um, uh oh,
3: yeah. that's a great idea man. We should, I, I mean we'll let's do it. Let me will
0: do it. For sure. Um Again, all of the links are in show notes. Oh,
3: thank you, guys. If I mean, missed, seriously. If was...
0: I missed anything, shoot me an email and I'll put it in the show notes.
3: This is fantastic. I really thank appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Um, you don't get a lot of farmers on podcasts.
0: Um, you are the third hop farmer that we've Wait, had on Cincy Brewcast. We, we, I appreciate that we, completely. Uh, we we like to hit every aspect of Cincinnati beer. Let's do it. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincinnati Craft.